I must say, the privilege of being able to speak to such a group family. There's a family, there's a real family feeling in this body. Would you agree? Those of you who are visiting for the first time, we welcome you to this family. I've asked the people in the projecting room to project one scripture that I'd like to focus on if they have that. This is taken from Psalm 1, 2, 3, verse 2. It says, as, as the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes, our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. What happened last week, I do believe God was showing us mercy. Those who were here last week, could I ask you to stand and look around you. Those who felt God's mercy last week in a specific way, those of you who are here, would you raise your hand? You may be seated. I'd like to ask one other question. This wasn't just a one-time event. This is something that God is doing. How many of you would like this experience of feeling God's blessing move in you and touching you? How many of you would still learn to have that in your life? This, whether you're a visitor or not, how many would still love to have that stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. As you know, pastor's sick. Pray for him. Shingles can be a very painful experience. And we love our pastor. I think saying, first of all, and I've got to mark this time, I've got eight minutes. First of all, there's been things happen here that are in some ways unexplainable, but in other ways very evident of the reality of what has happened, first of all, motivated from our pastor. I, I, I didn't realize we've been in this facility for five years. In 2013, or about this time of the year in Christmas season, we came here to this facility. And we had looked at this facility once before, thinking we'd like it, but it was way too affordable for us in our budget. We were over on Kingsley Avenue and pasture, Pastor Bill, my pastor, many of your pastor, I hope I love him. I know you do. Amen. Uh, pastor Bill came. There was a group of about 25 people in a dying Assembly of God Church on Kingsley Road back in 2011. From that 25 or so people, Pastor is unique I do know in all of my years of ministry, I've never met another pastor who prays like Pastor Bill. When he says he prays for you daily, I give evidence, in fact, that he does this. He, know, he not only does it, he knows how to pray. And so, again, if you're a guest here, if you're new here, 
you are certainly welcome in this family. But I wanted to say the things that are that the Holy Spirit's been doing among us are mighty and powerful and good. The stirring that's taken place, in particular, a stirring that took place last week where pastor was not even able to preach because people were drawn right up here to these altars to receive this stirring in themselves and within their own families of wanting to get close to God and God wanting to get close to us. As the eyes of slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of their mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us mercy. I looked this verse up, and I found a translation I've never heard of. It's called the Passion Translation. It's a translation that was just released last year, 2017. This is the way that reads in this translation. The way I love you is like a way a servant wants to please his master. The way a maid waits for the orders of her mistress. We look to you, our God, with passionate longing to please you and discover you more and discover more of your mercy and grace. I believe this is happening. It's happening on a regular occurrence. We welcome it. And some of the, the unique things that I think as we just try to describe this family and what's happening right in our midst is the fact that, number one, it's not specific age group. It's from anyone from, from very young youth to people who are now living in assisted living. It's not based on a particular ethnic group. It's, we come from all diverse groups and backgrounds. It's not a particular denomination. It's not just for an assembly of God. This is for people who are Catholic, who are Baptist, who are Pe uh, Pentecostal in other churches, who are Methodist, who are Episcopalians. And yet we're finding a unity, a bond, if you might say, within us that we find attractive. And you know, I think, I think that word is getting out in our community that this is attractive. This is appealing because we're living in a time and an age where things are disruptive, where things are, even in the church, there's a falling away. And I don't see this falling away here. I see a hunger, a thirst, a desire, a want. And whether you call it a stirring or whether you call it a movement, or whether you, some have referred to it as a rain, like the rain falling, or whether you call it just a hug from heaven, God's here. God's here. And I want to say I like it. And I want to say I'm glad to be participating in a church where when you come, you don't know if the preacher's going to preach or not. Because God just shows up. You know, another thing I've noticed is that Pastor Bill didn't get upset at all. He had a message. He studied about this. He had a message on his heart that he prayed to be able to speak. Time ran out. I don't know how we're going to do this in the future. But it's good. This is all good. I think I've got just a couple of minutes. 
But I want to say this. If you're going to do this, it's got to be you're all in it. Are you ready to be on all in this? That means when God speaks, you listen. When God says something to you, and he will, when he says something to you, you will recognize it and not just receive it. You'll obey him. There's some people right in our midst that our hearts are stirred. Our hearts are on fire of wanting to see this in our age today. Wanting to see this in our families today. Wanting to see this in my life today. If you're with me, say amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bobby. Good morning, everybody. Well, about uh, 52 years ago, someone would ask me, which I, when I started in the ministry, um, eight or ten minutes would probably have been about my limit. But, uh, yeah, it was a stretch to get 10 or 15 minutes when I started preaching that long ago. I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of St. Luke. Chapter 17 and verse 11, and uh, read some verses there very quickly. <clears throat> now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered in, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they, they lifted up their voices and said, "Jesus, Master." Have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where there now where there are not any found who return to give glory to God except this foreigner. This is a really not a parable. I believe this actually happened. It was an actual event. As Jesus was coming down the road to minister, off to the side of the road was a group of men of ten who were lepers. Now, leprosy was a disease that separated you from your family. You could not tell, you could not embrace your family, you could not live with your family, you couldn't kiss your wife goodbye, you couldn't tell your children goodbye, you couldn't handle them, they were off by themselves. Leprosy was a terrible disease. What it was, it, um, to very quickly describe it, that it rotted the flesh itself. It would rot part of the ear, maybe your fingers would fall off, or your toes, or all of those type things. And fine, they say it took about 30 years 
for it to come to the conclusion to where it would kill you. But over that period of time, it, it raised havoc upon the physical body itself. So this was a bunch of men who were desperate, and they were unclean, and they were all by themselves. So Jesus came by, and they began to cry, Jesus of Nazareth, please have mercy upon us. We need help. And as always, Jesus listened to the people. And he looked at them, and he said, go and show yourselves to the priests, and when you do, you're going to be cleansed of leprosy. You see, I don't have time to go into that, but it took a priest to tell you that you were unclean and to separate you from the group, and it also took the priest to look at you and to come to the conclusion that it was all right for you to return to your family or to out into public again. So he said, go find a priest. Not They didn't all go to one priest. They all probably went, there's all type of priests in, in Jerusalem at that time. So they're going and they're finding a priest. And on the way there, they were thinking, I'm sure, but this one guy looked down and he saw something that was different. He began to change and he realized, I'm healed. Something's happened to me. All ten of the lepers were healed on the outside. All ten of them were cleansed. All ten of them were made whole and restored on the outside. But only one of them was cleansed on the inside of his heart. And he not only changed on the outside, my friend, he changed on the inside. And he looked down and he saw those hands, and he saw how clean he was, and how pure he was, and how healed he had become by the power of Jesus Christ. He said, I must go do something about that. So he went back, and let's look at it again. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God. He must have been a Pentecostal. And fell down on his face, his face at his feet, giving thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but there are the nine. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this one man, this foreigner? He said to him, Arise and go your way. How come? Because your faith, your faith has made you whole. You're well. You're all right. You're not going to return to be a leper again. You're not going back to the old way. And I want you to know there's a lot of people that the Lord blesses and he gives blessings to. He gives money to. He gives uh, healings to. And they never come and thank God not one time. But you know, God will reward faith when it comes from anyone. But they'll never darken the door of a church. They won't come. Our friends, our families, our relatives, all of us, we know, and you can think of someone right now, that God has done miraculous things for. And they never come one time and say, thank you, Lord. Amen. But you know what? There's always that one that comes and says, Thank you, Lord. I'm glad that you cleansed me. 
And so he cleansed the leper that day. And he says, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I can't preach like Bobby, and I can't preach like Dominique, and I can't preach like Pastor Bill. I can only speak like I do. But I want to wrap it up with this right here. I'm going to be looking for time, so I don't think I'm over. But this says like this. The shepherd went out and searched for his sheep. And all through the night, on the stormy deep, he sought till he found him. And with love bands, he bound him. And I was that one lost sheep. Oh, the shepherd went out to search for his sheep. You know. All through the night, on the stormy deep, Jesus sought till he found him. With love bands, he bound him. And I was that one lost sheep. Love you, baby. Well, I'm not as melodious as my dear brother, but thank God for that talent. I'm not as sweet and as scholarly as our brother Bobby. And if you look at me close, I just want to tell you, I just love Jesus. Is there anybody in the house that loves Jesus? Oh, I'm talking to a crowd today. And look, I'm going to tell you, Billy, right up front, I'm going to take a couple minutes here, beyond eight, maybe ten minutes. But give me grace for that, because I believe I have a word from the Lord. Now, let me just tell you, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming back again. Now, do you believe that? Say amen. I can't hear you. Do you believe it? All right. Well, this message is going to shock you. It might scare you. I hope it challenges you, and I hope you do something with it. This is the message, and it comes from the book of Hosea. I don't know. I'm, I'm low-tech to no-tech, so you high-tech folk up there, if you can go to Hosea 4.6, which is my text in this, in this hour. The Bible says to be ready in season and out of season. When Pastor Bill, who's our general in the Lord's service, our pastor, when he sent me that text yesterday afternoon, I was studying the book of Hosea. And as I was studying the whole book, pastor sends the text. And I said, yes, sir, I'll, sir, I'll, I'll bring a word. And this is the word the Lord has for me and has for you. Hosea 4.6, if you have it, put it up there. And if you don't, my amplified voice, God will use it to get to everybody in the room. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Now, I don't know about you. That doesn't sound real sweet. That don't sound even melodious. But it sounds like a charge. It sounds like an indictment. It sounds like God is saying, enough is enough. Mm. Now, let me tell you why this verse is so critical for us in 2018. I'm going to go back to 1962 for this to be relevant. I'm going to give you a little history. I'm keeping track of my time. 1962, you're looking at the kindergarten class of prayer in public school. The kindergarten class of prayer in public school, William McKinley Public School, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> For you homeboys from PA, you know what I'm talking about. I remember, because I was in the kindergarten class, I was busy talking to the boys. I was busy looking at the girls. I wasn't paying attention to no teacher. I was five years old. But it's when class got started, here's what took place. The teacher said, children, stand up. We're going to pray. And my teacher in public school, I don't know her name. I've forgotten it. I still remember how she looked. She was a white, slender lady with a beautiful personality and sweet spirit. And she began to pray. I don't know if she was a tongue talker, but, boy, she prayed with a powerful anointing. It got so powerful that I even shut my mouth. The talkative student in the class, I got quiet because it was prayer time. And they were talking to God Almighty. I couldn't see God, and I wouldn't, didn't want him to strike me down. That prayer was so significant. It was influential. It was powerful. But along that time in 62, an atheist came into the camp, went up to the Supreme Court. And you know what happened? Come on, I don't want to repeat history. I don't, I don't have time to give you the whole legal discourse. They outlawed prayer in public school in 62. Well, you know, they took the, the prayer component out. But then a few years went by. Oh, come on now. We're now to 1980. And what did they do? Well, prayer being out wasn't enough. Because, you know, the ungodly don't rest. The wicked have no rest. And what happened in 1980? They took the Ten Commandments out of school. Can I tell you the impact? From that point on, mass shootings, mass violence, killing, all kind of terror has been going on in school. Is that true? Can I get an amen? Don't get quiet. This is not a spectator congregation. You've got to participate in this message. How many, all of us, more majority of you, because I'm the youngest of the three, see, I'm the baby of these three ministers. I can tell you, most of us have lived through this. Come on, this ain't, this ought this not surprise nobody. But see, it wasn't enough in 1980. It wasn't enough. 2005 came. And there was this judge down in Alabama 
who had the Ten Commandments inside his courtroom. And you know what they did? The ungodly, the atheists, and the wicked, they went back to that Supreme Court and they said, take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse, take it out of the Capitol building, and now we've taken out the Word of God. We've taken out the practice of prayer. And what is left? Sin. What is left? Rebellion. You see, let me tell you, because one of those Ten Commandments said, Thou shall not kill. I mean, that's a reminder. The word of God shall not return void. When he sent it forth, it will accomplish. It has power. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what happens when you take the sword out? It's going to cut the sin out. So what does the ungodly want? Get rid of the sword. So the Ten Commandments were out. Now, oh man, I only got two minutes and 40 seconds. Now I want to get to the highlight of this message. Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, oh, especially, and any, any Pennsylvania folks in the room, can you just wave at me? I see some, okay, all around, okay. Now you Pennsylvania folks, let me tell you what the latest attack against the church and against the godly is. As a matter of fact, it's happening in the state of Pennsylvania. It may happen in 2019. The Pennsylvania Transgender Bathroom Showdown. I'm going to say that to you one more time. The Pennsylvania Transgender Bathroom Showdown is going to happen. And folks, what it is, I got to go back to the verse. What it is, I'm going to read it to you, then I'm going to explain it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge. Come on. Not only are you destroyed, but you're rejected. I will reject you from being priests. Notice the second part of the verse. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Let me tell you what this issue is all about in the Supreme Court right now. The reason why President Trump has put conservative judges in, they're not going to be liberal judges and give a free interpretation and support things that were never intended to be a part of our culture and our society. It's getting quiet in the room. Okay, I'm preaching to the right people then. Let me look you in the face. I like looking folk in the face. I'm looking at each section right now. All right, even all the way here. Here's why it's critical. Because this battle that will take place that will affect the whole nation is about our babies and our grandchildren and our children. See, transgender means they can go into a girl's bathroom and there could be sexual perversion going on. They could be molesting our children. See, if we don't have any other reason to pray, that ought to give you reason to pray and be on your knees trembling. Why? Because we've rejected the knowledge of the word. Why? Because we're not a doer of the word. Here's what we got to do. We got to get back to studying the Bible. We got to get back to praying. We got to get back to voting folk out of office that don't believe with the Bible. Oh, man, my time is up. Oh, man. I'm going to 
cancel this thing. Oh, I'm not even good at this thing. Look, see, I'm not telling you the truth. I'm low-tech to no-tech. Those that work with me know that. But here's what I'm going to say as I give it over to Brother Billy. Church, this is our finest hour. We're in the heat of the battle. This is when God's people need to have a sense of reverence and prayer and commitment. Because we will not see our children destroyed. We will not see our grandchildren rejected. Because we're going to embrace all that God has for us. Pastor Billy with us. Thank <laughs> you.